0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Wednesday, December seventh, 2022. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are reading page 567, A Spiritual Experience, which is Appendix 2. We're reading that whole page, as uh, has been noted in We Agnostics, to go to that asterisk. So we're going to read the whole page today and comment on that. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Annette M. The Twelve Traditions, Heather M. The readers of the text are Vanessa G. in Sandy C. and Nancy P. will be our backup today. The newcomer greeter is Pam S.R., and the second hour host is Anne-Marie M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, November, excuse me, December 6, 2022, are these. The 7 a.m. meeting, 19,710. The 10 a.m. meeting, 19,711. The OA preamble. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. And I'm going to ask, Annette M. to read those steps for us. Good morning, Annette.
1: Good morning, Penny. Uh, Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 4. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. 6. were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such Uh, Such people, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service this morning. Thank you.
0: And thank you, Annette M. And now I'm going to ask Heather M. to read the Twelve Traditions.
2: Good morning, Penny. Thank you for your service today. Heather M., compulsive overeater 10. Overeat is anonymous, has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Heather M. And this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page five sixty seven in the fourth edition appendix two spiritual experience we're going we're, we're following the note and we agnostic with the asterisk telling us to go to this appendix two and we're going to be reading the entire the entire selection um starting with with the terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening and ending with that principle is contempt to pride contempt Prior to investigation, Herbert Spencer. And I'm calling on Vanessa G. to do that for us. Good morning, Vanessa.
3: Good morning, Penny. Good morning, everyone. This is Vanessa G., recovered compulsive overeater in New Mexico. Spiritual experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. It is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, Such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life that such a change would hardly have taken place such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline with few exceptions. our readers find that they have tasked an unsuspected oops, an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery. But these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to that long reading. It is... um, You know i have a tendency to 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 read that and and sometimes think you know i should just let it stand on its own when i'm reviewing it with a sponsee but um is it odd or is it god Um, yesterday i happened to review it with my newest sponsee and i started out when i was talking to her by saying you know this when i'm going to talk to you about my spiritual experience i want you to understand that I'm speaking strictly for me. You know, I can give you my viewpoint of what I consider my spiritual experiences in uh, my life, um, but because, you know, by definition, it's it's my experience, it's only how I came to understand it. And while it may or may not be helpful to you, I'm going to, um, you know, tell you what I think um, this has come about in my life, how this has come about in my life. And I've had what I consider the two types of spiritual experiences, you know, these sudden spectaculars, but they're also spontaneous for me, spiritual experiences. They they come, you know, without much effort on my part. Um, I think it's probably similar to um, our friend Bill W.'s visit to Winchester Cathedral as a young man. You know, I've had that type of experience at a cathedral in Baltimore. I've had it at a sweat lodge in New Mexico, in an aspen grove in Arizona. Um, you know, in a 12-step meeting. All of a sudden, I'm I'm transported um, into a place of um, total and complete and overwhelming uh, oneness. Um, what they refer to as God consciousness. And then there's the spiritual awakening. So I think I've only had one of those, the one that's referred to in the 12th step. And that one allows me to behave and to think and to be someone different, um, a new person. It lasts. It's not fleeting. Um, I, I have to keep it. I have to maintain it and I have to tend it But that particular type of spiritual awakening can be with me always as long as I'm willing um, to continue to work and um, to continue to practice these principles in all my affair and carry this message. And I think that might be close to my time, but um, this morning I just had a very small moment once again, of a spiritual experience when I was told um, that I was going to read this appendix. Um, I didn't, you know, it's the first day of the month, so, I mean, the first Tuesday, Wednesday of the month, so I wasn't sure I was going to get to read the text, and, um, and it coincided with my uh, discussion with my sponsor yesterday. So thank you so much, everyone, for being with me this morning, helping me um, continue this spiritual awakening that um, this program has so gracefully brought to me. I'm so, so grateful. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much, Vanessa. Great job of <laughs> uh, long reading. Okay, before I take the names of people who would like to share, and there's lots to share on this morning... Let me remind everyone that we ask that you only share every third day. You limit it to every third day. Um, we value everyone's experience, yet we do want to hear as many voices as as possible on this line. And so if you would just say your name and save your location for when you share, I would appreciate that. So I'm going to do my best to hear everyone. Who would
4: like to share? Lisa N. Sarah hey. L Laura Nancy P.
0: I had someone after Laura and then I got Nancy. Okay, let me tell you who I've got so far. And I i only have I hmm. only have first names and trust that you'll give us your last initial when you share. I have Lisa, Vera, Laura, and Nancy. If you said, O? Nancy O.
5: Denise O. I think I think that was Barbara E. We jumped Denise? it at the same time.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Thank you. All right. So here we go. This is our lineup for, to begin with. Lisa, Sierra, Laura, Barbara E., Nancy P., and Denise O. So, Lisa, would you get us started again?
3: Sure,
6: I will. Thank you so much for your service this morning. And um, it's Lisa N. from Wisconsin. Um, this is really, it's like a really hum, humbling reading. And um, I feel like um, I'm meant to hear this, be careful, um, because everybody has their own spiritual experience.
0: I didn't get your initial of your last name. Could you repeat that? Sure,
6: sure. it's N like Nancy.
0: Thank you so much, Lisa. You're welcome. And next um next I'm calling on Vera.
7: Could that have been Dara?
8: It could have have been. <laughs> okay, um this is Dara L. I live in Philadelphia. D A R A. Um and thanks so much for your service. Um I love the spiritual appendix, It's probably one of my favorite parts of the big book. Um, And I was thinking about the the first time that I recovered, I was struck abstinent. It was like this lightning bolt experience. I was in the middle of, um, you know, I had all my binge food around me and I, I appealed to God and it was like the hand of God just reached in and I could not binge even if I wanted to. And I felt lit up by the spirit of life and love. And it was amazing. And I had two years of abstinence. And um, this last time I recovered, which was my fourth time. um, So please, no one follow in my footsteps um, of recovering. It was slow and it was excruciating and it was incremental and it was so educational. Like I couldn't see the changes happening um, in me. But uh, true confessions, each time I had... (laughs) Oh, bless you. Um, each time I had contempt prior to investigation. And, you know, but I investigated anyway. I continued to show up and I continued to do the work. And what was shared about honesty um, in this reading, uh, like honestly facing our problems. And for me, the first problem is the admission of powerlessness and unmanageability, right? It's like that. That's the first problem that I need to get really honest about and then the second problem is that I am extremely self-centered you know the way that my brain is wired I see everything as being about me I take everything personally um, and I think I should be God you know and then through the fourth step and fifth step specifically it's really beautiful I get to look at my particular patterns because I think all of us are skewed slightly differently but it's like you know what blocks me from God what blocks me from my ideals what you know what are my problems um and and the the challenge is is that i i want to practice rigorous honesty but i also lie to myself and i'm delusional and i'm using the present tense for a reason because even though i do feel like i've been rearranged from the inside these things are things that I deal with every day. You know, every day I have to honestly face my problems every day. I have to, you know, I'm, or I get to, I'm, I'm excited to do the work, but sometimes, you know, I don't want to do it. And sometimes I don't think the rules should apply to me. And, um, and, you know, there are moments throughout my recovery where I do have these incredible illuminating moments where I feel God's love. And I, feel just so lit up and it's beautiful. And then like 15 minutes later, I'm like, okay, here's my next demand, God, you know, what have you done for me lately? And then I also have patterns where I feel myself slowly coming to be a different human being. And it's wonderful. I think the longer that we stay around, the more um, that we get a multitude of spiritual experiences, but hopefully what was shared about the awakening, like hopefully people only kind of get that once and hold on to it, but that's not been my experience. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much for your service.
0: Thank you, Dara
8: Could I share a
7: God story that just happened? My husband called me from the hospital. He had well, major was, surge. Can I do that? My Miriam G., I'm a compulsive overeater. Very grateful to OA. Can I just say what happened? Could could I
0: will call on you after I go through the list of people I already have, okay?
7: Oh, I'm so sorry. Miriam?
0: Is it Miriam?
7: Miriam G. from Southern California. Okay, just
0: hang on, and I will call on you shortly.
7: Oh, bless you. All right.
0: Okay, Um, Laura, you're next. Laura? One more time, I believe there was a Laura. Could everyone please
4: Hello, could that could that be Lori?
0: Lori, okay. How do you spell Lori, please? l-o-r-i okay yes go ahead okay
9: and uh, my first initial uh my last initial is h and i'm from miami um hey family uh it's been months since i've shared and um i uh i i think it's no uh coincidence that we're talking about the spiritual experience and i'm truly looking at where i'm at right now in my program and um Do I have a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery? Yes, I've had a spiritual experience. Has it been more of the educational variety this time? Yes, there's been a lot of work. I had a sponsor that gave me so much work this time that I was just, I mean, so stressed how to get it done. But at the same time, knowing it really needed to get done and the awareness has come in of uh, my behaviors and all the ways. Um, that were preventing me from recovering. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people. I'll, I'll I'll put down one thing and I'll pick up two others so I can still feel okay and still feel like I'm, you know, comfortable in my skin when, you know what, I needed to be willing to be uncomfortable for a period of time and, and start getting comfortable with being uncomfortable in a way that I, I couldn't have imagined that I'd be able to do. And then after a while, um, a practice. And for me, it's lots and lots of practice. Um, And of course, lots of prayer. And of course, lots of, you know, willing to not give up. I think it was in one, yeah, it was in one of my readings this morning. I know it was in one of my readings this morning. Um, uh, the, The five Ps, practice, prayer, perseverance, patience, and progress. Patience, oh my gosh, totally don't have patience. But you know what, My higher power will give it to me if I ask for it, you know, and I was like, how do I do that? And I'm like, all right, go wait in the longest line at Walmart and do it it with a good attitude. And I was like, all right. And I did that. And you know what? Now I get to wait in lines and I get to be patient and I get to make people around me who are impatient, have a little bit of joy waiting in line. And um, I get to, wait in line right in, front of my, in, right in front of the certain area of food that they you know cleverly go ahead and do that on your way out the door. And when I'm shopping, um, they've got all the holiday treats and they've lined them up by the aisles when you're on your way out to pay. And, um, and I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the people around me and I'm talking to them and I'm not, and the smells aren't, you know, smacking me aside of the head like the little cartoon, you know, thing that was left on the windowsill to, to cool down with the little smoke trail coming out and grabbing me by the nostrils and pulling me towards it anymore. You know, I don't feel like that today, and I know that's only because my higher power gave me the willingness, the honesty, and the open-mindedness that I can still recover after I had relapsed so many times, and i so grateful. And uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. I wish you all a beautiful, blessed day.
0: And thank you for sharing, Lori H. Next, Barbara E.
5: Good morning, Penny and all the fellows on this meeting. This is Barbara E., as you said, in New Jersey. I am so grateful that the chapter is called We Agnostics, not you agnostics with a finger (laughs) pointing right at me, because I didn't have a concept of God, but my concept was food. I ate with my fingers. I held the bowl up to my face. Sometimes I choked on my food. The United States, I'm told, is one of the fattest countries in the world. I think it is the fattest. And I certainly fit that description. So I was so glad when, a, when we agnostics said see Appendix 2 three times because I needed to know that there was another way. If I couldn't find a God right then, I just had to seek him or search for him. But I didn't want to be like John Candy, James Gandolfini, and all those people. So I had to do whatever I was told and act as if. And I totally understand the educational variety. It's like the (laughs) forces of erosion that wear down the mountains with rain and snow and wind. It wore them down, just like the Appalachian Mountains were once as tall as the Rocky Mountains. Well, that was me. I had to finally say... I don't know if there is a God, but I went to the dentist yesterday, and my son walked with me holding an umbrella. That was kind of like a spiritual experience, that he would walk with me. So I'm grateful for this program, grateful for this meet- meeting. In fact, I'm a grateful, compulsive reader because I don't have to die because of this disease. I'll always have it. But I can look at the food and say, oh, no, that's not mine. And I can weigh my food and call fellows and go to meetings and do service. Overeaters Anonymous really saved my life. Hundreds of pounds gained and lost before I found this beautiful program. Thank you, Penny. Thank you for all the beautiful shares that came before me. I'm looking forward to all the wonderful shares that follow. (laughs) Have a good day, everyone. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Barbara E. Nancy P., it's your turn.
10: Hi. Good morning, Um, Penny. Thank you for letting me share. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts.
3: So um, I
10: had an access problem, and the book says the resource is already there, but I couldn't get to it. I can't drill a hole and mine it. I can't scoop it out, and my problem was that I wasn't sure what it even was. Like, what am I even looking for to scoop out and access? And essence means the intrinsic nature of a thing that determines its character. And I had another problem here. I always was pretending to get it, you know, those four terrible horsemen of Nancy P's. Um, Not terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair, but fake it till you make it, act as if, borrow mine, and use the group. Those pretend places that I went to put me in this strange loop that never went anywhere. Um, And I wasn't sure what the resource was. I just knew that I had to get it. But a funny thing happened in my initial trip through the steps with my sponsor. I began to feel better, and I began to feel hope, and I began to feel joy. So I made a decision that this feeling of wonder is the essence of my spiritual life. And that sense of wonder makes my spiritual life what it is. It's very zen and metaphysical, but it works for Nancy Pace. So this wonder came up behind me and kind of took over. I never saw it coming. I just kept swimming, right? The only question is, when are we going to get to England? The only answer is, shut up and keep swimming. And my sense of wonder is like that poem by Carl Sandburg about the fog. It comes in on little cat feet, sits on its haunches and waits. And I was pretending and searching without seeking. The book says previously on the previous page of the book, the 46, that we're seekers, but we have to be earnest. It's open to those who earnestly seek. And I was convinced after nearly five decades of trying that I was never going to get better. But my sense of wonder ignored my brain and just kept swimming i woke up i gained experience i'm honest i'm relatively open-minded and i wouldn't say that i'm willing i prefer to think of myself as ferociously single-minded in my pursuit of spiritual health and the word but means at the end where it says but the impossibility but um what does it say here exactly it says um anything other than i'm sorry these are indispensable and but means the impossibility as another fellow said i took the notes of anything other than what is stated um so today, after all those years of false starts and stumbles and failures, I finally got to where I needed to be. My days and my my whole life is full of light and joy and freedom. Even when my life sucks, which it often does, it's full of light and joy and freedom. Um and it I have it I have to be able to see the light no matter what, even when it's when it's dark, you know, even when my life isn't going well, I have to be able to see the light. And I think that, you know, if the resource is there, then that means the light is there. And um, the only way to get there for me, say it with me, surrender, surrender, surrender. My surrender came from a stormy, violent family catastrophe situation. But my sense of wonder is intact. So the last statement is beware of cats. And with that, I'll pass. (laughs)
0: Thank you, Nancy. That was Nancy P. And next, Denise O.
11: Hi, I'm um, Denise O. from Wisconsin. Um, this is the first time I'm calling. I This is the first time I'm doing a step am on step two. Um, so with that in mind. Um, so looking at this, um, one of the quotes from this particular text on page five sixty seven is the nature of sudden and spectacular upheaval. I grew up in the church and I kinda thought that's what um that it should be that way. It should be spectacular. It should be, you know, God flying in a chariot. I don't know. Um but I know now that it's more about a relationship with God because I always thought of God as um a good thing, but more like education, you have to learn the Bible and um There's things to do. You go to church. You go to funerals. You go to weddings. And now I see it. I need to develop a relationship with God. So I'm still working on that. And it's good to see in this particular um, passage that that's what they're saying. Um, Also at the bottom of page 567, when they say what what may often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. So getting that higher power is what I'm working for. But so for 50-some years, I've been going on my ego, and I can do this, and it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to look at my higher power. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice and thank you for sharing
0: for the first time. And now, Miriam. Miriam in the hospital, are you still there?
7: <laughs> can you hear me? Famous words. This is Miriam, compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Mm. Thank you so much. Miriam G. I came into Overeaters Anonymous when I was 40. Now I'm 85. I have never left. And thank you, God. I've had a miracle call. I got a call from the hospital for my husband at 3.30 this morning. And he had major, major surgery and cancer, pancreatitis and and the small bowels. And they found they had he has cancer in the lymph node. The other's taken care of, but he has cancer in the lymph node. He's been very sick, and he just called me. He hasn't even been able to talk on the phone. The Nurse has to hold the phone up to him, his ear, and he just called me. And I said, "What's wrong, honey?" He says, "I said, how do you feel?" I said, "He said, not too good." He said, "I'm thirsty." Oh my God. He's thirsty. He calls me from his hospital bed to tell me he's thirsty. And he hasn't been able to talk on the phone at all. That's a, that's a miracle. So I have his cell phone with me. I have my cell phone with me. I called the nurse's station to go to his room. And uh, they're giving him the pain medicine. And that's my miracle story I want to share. And thank you, God. Thank you. That's, I was praying for a, a message something to show me he's getting well that he's not dying and that was my message and thank you for letting me share.
0: Oh Miriam thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. All right I'm going to be taking another list of names but first a reminder where we're reading from today. Today we are reading from page 567 a spiritual experience it's appendix two um, it's referred to in we Agnostics, by an asterisk that told us to go to read this. So we read the whole selection. Uh, uh, so uh, who else would like to share?
12: Jim, Jim. Ashton Toledo.
0: Miriam J.
13: Christina J. Rachel P.
0: Okay, hold on a minute. Mm-hmm. I, can't write, I can't write that quickly. All right, who's after Rachel? Carmela J. Carmela Miriam J. I got you, Miriam. All right, here's who I have. I have Jim, Miriam J., Christina J., Rachel, and Carmela. I'm going to just do those and let's see how much time we have after that, okay? So let's go right to Jim.
12: Yeah, Jim S., Toledo, Ohio. Grateful. Recovered. Impulsive Overeater. Um, My dilemma has been trusting my higher power. Um, He is so discreet in the way he presents himself that I was stumbling over my relationship with him. And yesterday, he reminded me of what he did a couple years ago, and all of a sudden now, I'm at peace. Um, The work that he does can only be done by him. I can do nothing to bring that about. It just happens because that's how he is. And um, in, in terms of compulsive eating, That's exactly what it is, compulsive. And I have to abstain from compulsive eating. And I can do that if I rely on my higher power to lead me. So I'm at peace today, and I thank everyone who's tried to help me and continues to try to help me. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you
0: for sharing, Jim S and Miriam J. Is that Miriam J? I said Miriam J.
14: Okay, thanks Penny. Good to hear you. Miriam J uh from Massachusetts, uh, grateful compulsive overeater in recovery. Um this is one of my favorite parts of the big book and um I just want to share my uh recovery story started uh decades ago in another 12-step program. And so my my conception of my higher power, who I re, re, call, who I call God, um, has been of the educational variety. And a long time ago, um, I was dating a man who had um, who was divorcing his wife, and he had a bunch of kids, and um, his wife was very sick with. Uh, alcoholism, and the visitation was always messed up, you know, um, and therefore our dates were always messed up. We would make plans, she wouldn't show up, blah, 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 and I got very, very angry and uh, righteous about it and demanded that he tell her that she could not have this little boy that weekend because we had plans. He didn't do it. Um and um and i was angry um and every morning i got up as i do today and i connected with this higher power that i call god and i said that i turned my life and my will over well um this woman died um he sent the little boy uh my son to uh visit his mother And uh, he had to be returned to us because she was rushed to the hospital and died a couple of days later from an overdose of drugs and alcohol. And I share this because what I needed to learn, and unfortunately this taught me that, was that my vision is very much colored by myself, uh, self-centeredness, selfishness, self-righteousness, a lot of self in there and over time my higher power has uh given me the ability to see um how much power i don't have and thank god i don't um i've had a lot of these little these little instances where I get these awarenesses that there is such a beautiful power greater than myself. And um, it has, uh, as a previous speaker said, even when life is really, really hard and sucks, I can be at peace and know that there is a power greater than myself and I don't have to carry every burden of every situation in this life. And I am so, so very grateful um, to have this educational variety of spiritual experiences. It's uh, saved my life. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Miriam J. Christina J.
13: Morning, Penny. Morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of North Carolina. My greatest spiritual experience. Was walking away from the food and taking action, and the relief and feelings that came over me during those moments, which lasted about a half hour, and then I started my abstinent journey from there. Were amazing. Just it it, it my greatest spiritual experiences come from surrender and taking action. Without taking action, without surrender, I get nowhere. Bowing my head in prayer, putting my hands in the prayer position as I drop my head and cry out to something bigger than myself that has guided me all of my life. Something has had my back and has it every day as I go out into traffic, crazy traffic. Mm -hmm. I could be hit and killed. You know, something has my back every day. Something has had my back throughout this whole disease. I have eaten so much shit full of chemical, hormonal antibiotics, all kinds of crap. And still I walk and I talk and I don't have diabetes. Something has had my back through the death of my second husband. that tore my heart out of my chest and threw it to the ground and stomped on it. Something has had my back. I cannot deny it. For me, I call it any number of names. I don't have a aversion to it. I think there's a bigger plan in place for why we all go through pain. It has drugged me to the feet of God, to the feet of Allah, to the feet of love, whatever you want to call it. It has put me at the feet with my head down, crying out for help because no human has ever been able to help those places in me that ache for something bigger than myself to connect with something because any desire out there ends up just taking me to more desire, sex, food, whatever it is. I just want more and more and more, and it never fills it. So something brought me to program. God gave me this disease to drag me to his feet so that I could surrender and be of service with my talents not just running around in selfishness and self-centeredness, and certainly not fear. And the more I stay in this program, the more I drop that fear behind me when it comes up. Get away from me, Satan. Not this time, evil one, because fear is evil. It takes us to no place. I surrender it to God every day. And So my spiritual experiences are one upon the other upon the other day. But And let me tell you, Every day, I get lost. I'm human. I get into my thoughts, and I'm off and running, and I forget all about all that. Pretty soon, I'm all twisted and tainted and all spun out, and I just say one word, God, or one word, love, help me. All I have to do is cry out one word and bow my head and pause, and I'm back, breathing in and out of my heart center. Spiritual experiences, we must have them. They string us back to the feet of something bigger than ourselves. Thank you for letting me share. I love you all. I pass.
0: Thank you, Christina J. Um, uh, Rachel.
15: Good morning. This is Rachel P recover compulsor eater in Pennsylvania. Um I love this spiritual experience and I love it when I read um reagnostics with my sponsees and um, ask them, did you read the spiritual experience? Did you follow the asterisk? And half the time the answer is no. Um, but that's good because then when we're reading it together, we can read it, and it's so profound. Um, I'm so grateful that this appendix was included in in this book because it truly helped me set aside my prejudice, you know, that contempt, that intense part of the investigation. And, you know, my biggest takeaway from this appendix is that I don't have to wait for an experience, for a miracle, for a white light, burning bush moment, right, in order to believe in, in a higher power greater than me. In fact, the opposite is true. I have to, and somebody's unmuted. I hear a lot of, like, noise in the background, like, zippering and stuff. Um, the opposite is true is that I need to surrender. I need to to access a higher power seek a higher power greater than me in order to have any kind of experience right I have to seek it first and it's so different from the higher power that I believed in when I was a child you know I I was in this space this headspace of like oh if and when I get undeniable proof then I will believe and I was always waiting for that proof and as I as time went on and I didn't get that proof. And then as like different traumas happened in my life, I was like, well, screw it. There's no God. Right. So it was like a Santa Claus God. It was a conditional God. Like I will believe if you do this thing for me that I think should happen. And that just cannot be for me and my relationship with higher power that I have now, that cannot be the case. It has to be that I need to initiate that relationship. I need to initiate that contact. And when I do, I receive connection. I receive experience. And I have had a couple you know, specific spiritual experiences, you know, one where I, I felt I was kind of lucid dreaming and I felt, you know, my what I know to be my higher power fingers running down my face, which I never thought I would have anything like that. And then I continue to have those experiences where I feel this, like, incredible swell of gratitude you know, which is something I never had before I came into this program. So it comes if we seek it was really my biggest takeaway. And, um, you know, there doesn't have to be this, this singular moment, like Bill W, you know, writes about in Bill's story, right. That that suddenly he believes, right, it, it doesn't work like that. It's, it's rather that, you know, I need to seek and it will come and it does come. So if you're struggling with the higher power thing, keep coming back and keep seeking and humble yourself and, just keep trying because it will come if you believe things will happen.
0: Thank you so much, Rachel P. And now Carmella G.
4: Good morning, Carmella. Good morning, Penny. Thank you so much. Um, I am Carmela G, and I am a grateful composer of the eatery for today. And uh the spiritual experience. Um, I always, I never thought I needed this chapter, the agnostics, because I was always a, a woman of faith. I always attended church. But who was in that church? Who was saying robotic prayers? It was Carmella. Today, because of this program, because of, of my relationship, which I never had, I always demanded from God. That was my righteous indignation to demand, you better do this for me. And every day I would want to eat what I wanted, and then I wanted to be waking up thin. Well, I was on many diets like many of us were, and this one day in July in 2013, I was preparing food and it was I was not in program yet, but it was the spiritual experience that brought me to the awakening that led me into program. As I'm walking out with a tray of food that I prepared for the rest of the family, saying, I'm not eating my abstinent food today. I'm going to feast and tomorrow I will eat the abstinent food. But as I opened the door to bring it out, a voice in my head said, no, Carmela, not tomorrow. Today, you will not eat this food. And I was truly struck because it was a bright, sunny day in July, and I was serving five or six people in my family. And I knew I was not hallucinating, but yet I heard that voice. And I did serve the food, and I went inside, and that was my first day of abstinence. And today, I celebrate nine and a half years of abstinence, and the gift is every single day when I wake and I greet my higher power and thank him, With all my heart, with the honesty of giving me another day and the joy, even though it may be someone who died in my family or a dear friend, life happens, I am grateful for all that he does in my life. And every day I get some glimmer of the spiritual experience. And with that, I say thank you for allowing me to share, and um, I wish you all a beautiful day with many spiritual experiences, and hopefully you're aware of all of them. And thank you so much. I pass.
0: Thank you, Carmela G. And we have time for a one-minute share. Does anybody want to take that?
13: Susie New
4: Jersey.
11: Who is it? Su- who's from New Jersey? Suze, Suze.
0: S-U-Z-E. S-U-Z-E. Okay, go ahead, Suze. One minute.
16: Good morning and blessings to everybody. This is great. Um, I was just asked by my family not to come to Christmas, um, probably because my niece was acting out all over the place on Thanksgiving. She's 37, or she's turning 37 on Christmas Eve. and um, And I mirrored her. I didn't think about it that way. I just... She went off, so I went off at her. And it's her birthday on the 24th, which is a big party. And ostensibly they might think that, you know, there's no more room for me, but I actually got money and time, so I wanted to come. And uh, anyway, it's not a big deal because it's actually keeping me away from getting upset with my family. Um, And the person that shared about uh, her significant other, that happened to me with a partner, too. Um, that his wife had died. So it was good to hear today. Thank you so much. I have lots of spiritual awakening this morning, and I'm not going to take anything out of my family and let's find some someplace to help other people. And with that, I pass. Have a great day.
0: Well, thank you so much, Suze. And thank you to everyone who shared and everyone who attended. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The SHARE ID for today, Wednesday, December seventh, twenty twenty two is nineteen thousand seven hundred and twenty one nine seven two zero. We're now going to close with the readings from the Big Book on page one sixty four, and I'm going to ask Sandy C to read that for us.
17: Uh, thank you, Miss Penny. Can I be heard?
0: You can.
17: All right, my dear Sandy C, recovered in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.